Hey, hey, I am glad that you hit play today. Mainly I'm glad because otherwise I would just be talking to myself in my closet. But for real, I'm excited to talk about today's episode because I think it's going to make you think about food in another way that maybe you haven't before. I know that I've talked about proteins, fats, and carbs. I know that I've talked about not labeling food as good and bad, that it's about moderation. I believe in all of those things with my full heart. I believe that if we view food as fuel instead of our enemy and we see how it helps our goals, it makes us feel very empowered. And today I want to give you a slightly different way to sometimes think about food depending on your goals, depending on your situation, depending on what you have ate for the day or what you haven't ate for the day to now meet your needs, not just based on um, proteins, fats, and carbs, but based on the food density or food volume. You may not have heard of either of those things, which we're going to get into. But as always, if you find this episode helpful, do not forget to share it with your friends on social media, with your mom, with your grandma, with your dog, anyone who you think may want to view food in a slightly different way when they're trying to build their meals and snacks. And today I want to give a quick shout out to Sunglass TT. Love everything. I love how you own your ADHD, speak clearly about it, and how to harness your strengths. We all have strengths, and Andrea clearly explains how to better ourselves. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. No, thank you so much for the review. Here's the deal, you guys. If I can't admit my own weaknesses and recognize them and see my strengths and be okay with myself, how do I expect you, my friend, as a listener, to be okay with yourself and see your weaknesses and your strengths and say, that's okay. That's okay. We all have them. If we hide those things that make us uniquely us or that we work through, then how are we going to empower other people? How are we going to show empathy if we can't truly be ourselves? So I will always admit the things that I struggle with because I know it allows you to be okay with the things that you struggle with too. That matters to me more than any fitness advice, more than any health advice, more than anything I can give you is for you to be okay with having weaknesses and for you to be better at recognizing your strengths. Woo, I'm getting emotional over here. I'm getting emotional in my closet by myself. Okay, we're moving on. But if you love the podcast, don't forget to write a review. I love to hear from you. It encourages me and it helps me want to keep empowering you and to build this podcast so that we can learn and grow together. And today's show sponsor is DFH Training, which is my own company. The reason I wanted to talk about it a little bit is because, as I mentioned, I care deeply about women's health. I care so much. And there are so many facets that people don't realize when it comes to the core, when it comes to healing the core, when we're trying to improve that, when we talk about nutrition, people think it's all about cutting or reducing or just avoiding food. And all of these layers I teach and I preach in all of my courses. With my coaching, it is a hands-on course where clients sign up, I get an application from you, I tailor your nutrition based on your needs. There's set information that everybody gets, but your actual nutrition information is tailored towards you. You 
can email as many questions as you want and weekly you check in and myself and my team of coaches will respond to your individual needs. That's for people who want hands-on attention, especially when it comes to nutrition. And then there's full body workouts that come with that. And I have a regular version and then I have a version that is diastes friendly, which means if you have a weak core that I talk about often or the core has separated, those workouts can help with that. I also have my self-led guides because some people like to do it on their own, but they want a guide. They want a route to follow, a journey to follow. So I have the diastasis recti guide, which is only core focused. It's only core workouts to help you improve your core and helps you know how to interlace that into your life with the breathing, the progression work, and then even into the workouts that you are already doing that you love. And then I have the postpartum and pregnancy guide, which help guide together pregnancy and postpartum so that you can ease back in postpartum to the best of your abilities. And trust me, that guide eases in. It is meant for the first couple months postpartum. It goes slowly, but it is the right way. It is exactly what I did after my babies to get back in shape. I slowly eased in. So if you want support in any of those ways, I'm here to support you on the podcast, and I'm also here to support you through those options as well. All right, let's get into today's episode and talk about understanding food density and food volume and how to use them both. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Okay, so I'm going to keep this information today as simple as possible, because the truth is, as I was laying out an outline to record today, I thought, man, there is a lot of gray area. Not every food fully fits into each category. And today, I'm going to be referring even more to nutrient-dense food, and not just food density. I'll kind of explain the difference, but... That is more of the concept I'm going to cover today. So I'm going to cover nutrient-dense food and then volume food and kind of how you can use both of them. But be aware that there are plenty of foods that are not going to perfectly fit into each category. I know you type A personalities are like, no, I can't do that. I know, but it's no different than proteins, fats, and carbs. There is... Foods that fit in between both, like an egg. An egg is a protein and it is a fat. It sits in the middle. So there are going to be some foods like that as well that aren't perfectly defined as one category. So just be aware of that as we talk about this today. When I'm referring to density, what I'm referring to is the amount of calories consumed based on the food. So typically when I'm referring to density, I'm going to do nutrient-dense foods. And that is referring to the amount of nutrients you get from the calories consumed. So it's basically the ratio of the benefits of the calories that you're eating. So for example, foods that are very nutrient-dense contain a lot of vitamins, minerals, complex carbs, normally a decent amount of protein they can have, or healthy fats. They are nutritionally dense. Think of things like salmon, eggs, beans. Those are all very nutritionally dense. Um, It can be even things that have a ton of fiber or things that are just going to keep you fuller longer, but it's fuller from nutritionally dense. You can have foods that are very dense that you can eat a small portion, 
but yet you're still going to have a ton of calories in that small portion that are not nutritionally dense. So for example, for a salmon, you can eat four ounces of salmon and it's going to be a decent amount of calories, but you're going to get a ton of nutrients from it. You can eat a donut, a half of a donut, and you're almost going to get the same amount of calories, but it's not going to be as nutrient dense. So that's what I'm going to refer to as nutrient dense today. Now, as I talk about nutrient density, I do want you to realize that I am still an 80-20 girl. I still don't believe that you have to always only be eating things that are super nutrient-based. I like to have a little moderation myself. I do not believe in food is good and bad. So as I'm explaining these differences, know that I am not shaming anything. I am laying out facts and I want you to mix and match foods that are nutritionally solid that are dense, that might have smaller portions, and then also being able to have some moderation for things that you just simply enjoy for no reason but enjoying them. That's important as well. The point of moderation isn't being perfect. The point of moderation is being aware that you are not overly doing dense foods that have less vitamins, minerals, fibers, proteins, healthy fats, all those things. So truly, Moderation is real and you can still have that variety. Nutrient-dense foods are simply about foods that have more nutrients in them that kind of have a lot of calories but don't take up a lot of space. They tend to keep you fuller. Here's an example. I tend to have a handful of cashews when I'm on the go. This is because it is very nutrient-dense. It's a dense food and it doesn't take up a lot of space, like it's smaller And it has good fats. It's a good source of copper. It's a good source of magnesium. Protein, too. I mean, it's more fat, but it's both. So it's got some great things in it. So that is what dense food means. You can have nutrient-dense or you could just have dense. Now let's talk about volume. For volume, it's the same thing. Volume is actually how much of a food you're having. And typically when someone says it's a high-volume food, it's a food where you can have a lot of it. The volume is high, but the actual calorie intake for it is not as high. You can have volume foods that have a ton of nutrition in them, or you can have volume foods that don't have a ton of nutrition in them. So for example, this can be eating a ton of spinach, kale, or broccoli. You can have big, big plates of those, and it's not really going to add up as in calorie rise, but you're going to get some good vitamins and minerals and some great benefits from having those items. You can also eat a ton of plain popcorn. And I've even seen people eat things like, I don't know, sugar-free jello, like crazy amounts. And that's not necessarily going to add much nutritional value, but it is a high volume food that you could be aware of. Now, both of these areas of volume, you can look at volume as good or bad, and you can abuse it either way. Volume is pertaining to the amount. So you can do that with nutritionally based foods like that don't have a ton of calories, but have a ton of nutrients still, but they're still adding more bulk to your plate. Or you can do it with ones that aren't adding a ton of nutritional value. And you can still have those just fine. I'm not against that, but just being aware that they aren't going to add as much nutritional value. And you can abuse both. I'm going to give you an example that I have never forgotten about someone using volume foods that were technically nutritious, not in the right way. And I shouldn't say not in the right way. I just thought it was very interesting choice. Right after I had the twins, I had a really good friend and I was at her house and they were, the twins were literally babies and her sister-in-law was there and she was competing for a fitness competition. I have an episode of about fitness competitions and I interviewed someone, but typically the food is very controlled. It's very strict. It's very intense. 
It's not really my style. I don't think it includes peanut butter Reese's cups, so that's not going to work out for me. But truly, it's just a different style. It's it's not for me. And she was competing in that competition, and she was sitting at the table, and she was eating a massive <laughs> bowl of just lettuce, just lettuce. And I looked at her, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she was like, oh, um, I'm just eating lettuce because that's all I can fit because it can can help me fill me up, but it's not going to add any calories. And I'll be honest, I don't hide my emotions very well. And so I'm sure I looked at her in horror and confusion of like, why are you doing that? And I'm sure, you know, it was just a little different. But I think about that now. And I think it's important to remember that we can focus on adding volume, but still miss the point of health. That even though that wasn't a food that wasn't healthy, she was not using volume food in the way we should and really thinking about what our body needs because she was hungry. She was very hungry, but she wouldn't eat anything else because it was it had too much density and she was trying to eat as little as possible. So Volume food can also be abused to add more volume to our plate, but to keep our calorie intake low, really low, and it's not good for you. So you can be aware that, yes, that can be abused with healthy foods, and it can be abused with unhealthy foods by just trying to only eat volume and not very much dense, nutritionally dense foods that are going to bring in a ton of stuff, but sometimes also bring in more calories, which is okay and normal. Volume foods, though, can be super great for bulking up your meals. For example, you can have a massive salad with tons of vegetables, tons of spinach, tons of high volume. It can just be huge and great, and you feel like you get to eat forever. And some people love that feeling. Volume foods can also add more size to your meal, so you can have a bigger meal. So you want to mix in some nutrient-dense foods and then also add some volume foods that you can just have for variety. It can help it so you're not stuck with just like, you know, four ounces of protein on your plate, like to add in some variety, to add in some nice vegetables, some nice fruits, some different things that are just going to kind of create that value between density and volume. And as I mentioned, volume foods can still have plenty of nutritional benefits, but it's just going to bulk up your plate, which a lot of people like. I truly love to have meals with a lot of volume. I love to eat and I love to eat for a really long time. So my husband teases me because I love to have these basically family size salads. And I love to mix in all kinds of things. And I love to be eating for as long as possible. And that makes him crazy. He's like, oh, I can't stand that because I feel like my fork is trying to stab these veggies and lettuce and it's taking me forever. And I just want to finish eating. So he's like, I just want to have a piece of steak and a couple pieces of broccoli and potatoes and be done. So he wants his meals to be more dense only. And I do like to have volume. So I like to add dense foods, but also have volume. So I tend to add in some dense foods into my salad, but I like it to be big. Now, you may be wondering, why is she pointing all this out? Okay, yes, so some foods have more density and nutrition, some foods have more volume. Why does this matter? It matters because it's important for you to learn to mix and match nutrient-dense foods and high-volume foods because it can actually help you towards your goals, and I'm going to give you some examples of how. My first example is if you are reverse dieting. 
I have an episode on reverse dieting, episode 10. It's really, really important. A lot of people don't recognize that they need to have a reverse diet, but what a reverse diet means is that you are slowly increasing your food intake because you have been under eating. A couple signs of needing a reverse diet is binging, fogginess, always feeling tired, cravings, all of those things can be signs. So a lot of times people need to reverse. Now, the issue I come across with clients who are reversing is they sometimes feel like they're always eating because we're increasing their food intake. And they're like, I'm always eating. I always feel like I can't eat the amount that you're asking me to eat because I'm trying to get their food intake up. This is a perfect time where you may want to add in more nutritionally dense foods and reduce your volume foods because you're going to get more bang from your buck for the nutritionally dense foods and not have to feel like you're always eating. This is also very helpful if you're someone who has a really busy job where you need to be able to eat your meals really quickly or you don't get like a ton of time to maybe even eat lunch. Maybe you only get breakfast and dinner. You're going to want to make your breakfast and dinner meals have a lot more density to make up for missing that lunch and not just volume because then you might be under eating and not realize it because you have way more volume foods which take up more space but they don't add a ton more calories to fuel your body. So if you're reversing, think about that. Think about what you're putting on your plate and think about maybe if you need to have more dense foods, salmon, avocado, eggs, proteins, foods with fiber, complex carbohydrates. Those are all great examples of foods that are going to be a little bit denser. They're going to keep you fuller longer. Obviously, fat and fiber keep you fuller longer. And protein has a higher thermogenic rate, which means it takes your body longer to break down. So it'll help keep you fuller and you don't have to eat insane amounts of those foods. So a reverse diet, or if you have a busy job, is a great idea and a great way to think about what you're filling your plate with. Is it more volume? Is it more density? And if you adjust, you can possibly eat more and have it take up less time and still get plenty of benefits. Someone else, on the other hand, may be trying to balance their food intake or watch it because maybe they've been overdoing it. Maybe they just have been totally unaware and they're trying to find some balance somewhere in the middle. But they may say, I really like eating big meals. I love eating. And I fall in that category. I love to eat. So those are great times where you may want to think about adding more volume foods, adding things to make your meals bigger so you're still having that dense food, that nutritionally dense food, but you're adding in some more volume with more vegetables, maybe a big side salad with tons of veggies on it or more fruit on the side, things that just don't take up as much but can still add volume. So I want you to think about yourself. I want you to think about your meals And I want you to think about what you need to enjoy them. Do you need more volume? Do you need less volume? Do you need more dense foods? Do you need more things that are going to get you fuller faster? Do you need to be aware of foods that might be dense and not add that much nutritional value and maybe move those into moderation instead of saying, oh, those are so bad, I can never eat that again. No, just say, you know what? That food's a little dense. I think I need something that adds a little bit more nutrition density right now. And you shift there. It's not about good and bad. It's about what your body needs and thinking about that from that standpoint. And truly, you do want to mix and match nutritionally dense foods and volume foods because it's not always about one or the other. 
An example of that is I told you I love big salads. If I ate a big salad for dinner that had lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, spinach, a couple other vegetables, and light dressing— it would have huge volume. The salad would be massive. And it does have vitamins and minerals in it, which is great. But it's going to make me full in the moment, but it's not going to keep me full as long as it could. If I added some really nutritionally dense foods into that volume salad, it would make it better. So maybe I would add in slivered almonds or chicken or steak, something that's going to make it a little bit more dense. And then I'm having that happy in between. I see a lot of people who are trying to maintain weight or even lose weight, and they're only eating volume foods. And then they're wondering why they're starving because they're eating like just lettuce, like the example I gave, just lettuce or just celery, which are both great things, but it's not enough. You need some more variety. You need some more density in your food and some nutritionally dense foods. And those are great, but having that variety and making sure you're having enough proteins, fats, and carbs. And that's really, really important. Those complex carbs and really solid proteins and healthy fats, that really matters too. So be aware of that. If you're someone who you're like, but I eat big meals, I'm always eating big meals and I'm still always hungry, chances are you might just be eating mainly volume and you might need to add some more nutritionally dense foods that are a little bit more hearty into your meals to keep you fuller longer. You might feel full initially after a big fat salad, but then like one minute later, you might be starving again. I remember I used to make an egg white omelet when I was in college and I like only did a couple of egg whites and then I would do like peppers and something else and I would be so shocked I'd be hungry later and that makes me chuckle now and I'm like yeah because while they were nutritional there still wasn't a ton to them and I needed a little bit more food density and so I started adding in obviously a whole egg and a couple egg whites like mixing and matching it so be aware of that if you're always hungry an hour after your meal chances are you need more nutritionally dense foods now let's give the example of snacks on the go. If you're someone who is always on the go or you don't have time to eat a ton for snacks or even eat a ton in meals, I know I come across this when I am talking to nurses. It's a really common thing for nurses that don't have the ability to have big snacks or even sit down for a snack in general when I have a client who's this way. You will need to pack more nutritionally dense snacks. So it will help you eat less, but still stay full because of the density. This is when I do nuts. This is when I do tuna. This is when I do a solid quality protein bar or even a really good size apple if it has a decent amount of fiber in it. Not a really small one, but a decent size one because that's going to have fiber and it's going to help. So you want to pack things that have a good fat content, fiber, and protein, and that's going to be a little bit more dense and help you stay fuller. You do have the freedom to pack celery. Celery is a great choice. You can eat a crazy amount of celery. That would be like a volume food on its own, but chances are that snack may not be overly filling and you may need a snack again an hour later. And if you don't have that opportunity to eat a snack an hour later because you're at a soccer game and you've got nothing and the last thing you want to do is stop at a gas station or you are a nurse and you don't have time to stop and eat, you may want to actually do celery and some peanut butter. I should say nut butter. Nut butter of your choice because there's all different kinds and I know people have different opinions on nut butter. So that's going to give you volume and it's also going to give you nutritionally dense foods and it's going to keep you fuller until you your next meal. When I was in college, I was a waitress. I went to school for a public health education, and my junior and senior year, I waitressed at a sushi restaurant while I was finishing up my degree. 
And when you're a waitress, you're on your feet, you're on the go. You don't have time to just sit down and whip out avocado and chicken out of your purse. Like you got to have something on the go. Like you're going table to table and you got to like throw something in your mouth and pretend you didn't and then serve the next table. Anyway, when I was a server, I would always pack in my apron some nuts because I knew I could have just a handful and it would keep me full for a while. They were very dense. It didn't take up a lot of room, but they had a decent amount of calories to keep me full and they were good quality nutritional based items. So I'd always put in nuts. I'd always put in a high quality protein bar like the lettuce story. I've never forgotten this story, the girl eating lettuce. I've never forgotten this one either. I had a coworker who would come with a bushel of bananas for every single shift. An entire, like, one of those bushels. I think it's called a bushel. If it's not called a bushel, I'm sorry. Whatever it is where they're all on one little bushel. It's a bushel. It's got to be a bushel. Anyway, she would bring an entire bushel, and she would put it in the kitchen, and she would, like, eat them and then keep working, eat them and keep working. And we had, like, a double shift. That's, like, what she would eat. And she would also always complain that she was kind of hungry, that she didn't feel satisfied. And here I was with my protein bar and my handful of nuts. And I would tell her, well, it's because there's, those are healthy, but there's, they're not like, I didn't know how to say it at the time, but I was like, there's not enough like, um, things in them to keep you full. Like I didn't know what it was at the time. Obviously I do now, but the truth is now I know it's because they weren't nutritionally dense. It wasn't dense. There wasn't a ton of fiber in it. There wasn't any fat in it really. There wasn't any protein. There were some awesome vitamins and minerals, which would then be considered a pretty nutritionally high volume food, but it wasn't dense to keep her full. And I look back at that. I'm like, man, if she had just had a banana and some nut butter, she would have felt much more satisfied and she wouldn't have been eating a whole bushel of bananas and then wondered why she wasn't feeling satisfied and why she was having cravings because it wasn't nutritionally dense with a variety. So being aware of that matters. Look at your habits. Look at your snacks. Look at your meals. Are you always only focusing on more food, less calories? And if so, do you need to add in more nutritionally dense foods? Things that are going to give you more proteins, fats, and complex carbs. And lastly, maybe you're someone who eats a ton of nutritionally dense foods, which is fantastic. But you might be like, I want some bigger meals. Like, I feel like my meals aren't big. Then maybe you want to add some more volume foods. And they can be nutritional volume foods still. Like, vegetables are a perfect example of that. Broccoli is a great example of that, where that's very nutritious. And you can eat, like, four cups of broccoli, and still it doesn't add up a ton. So maybe you just need to add more volume foods to see how you enjoy that. Enjoyment matters. Enjoyment really matters. And I want you to remember that. All right. That's it for today. I hope this episode helps you just think about how you can mix and match and add some more variety into your meals to love them even more. And as always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. All right. We'll chat next week. 